Good to see all of you. It's good to be together. Welcome back, Dave and uh, everyone else. I've been thinking this past week uh, how, what a privilege and honor it is that we have um, to be called the children of God in, in uh, John chapter, let's see here. Anyway, the verses, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And when you really stop and think about that, that we as um, sinful human beings born into sin and all of that, um, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and he made a way for us to become his children to be set free. Amen? Let's all stand up and sing together. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for the work that you've done on the cross, Lord. And, and God, you said to, um, um, in communion, to remember you every time we partake of the, uh, the cup and the bread, Lord. And God, we're here gathered together, um, Lord, to remember you once again and to remember what you've done, Lord Jesus. Um, God, I pray that you would be glorified in our midst this morning, that you would just open the gates of heaven, Lord, and, and flood your blessings over us, Lord. God, we're here to worship you, to praise you, and glorify you, Lord. I pray that you would empty us of ourselves and our own uh, sinfulness and our uh, imperfections, and that, Lord, you would change us more into the likeness of Jesus, Lord. And thank you for what you've done, and thank you for each one here, Lord. I pray for all those who've tuned in online, that you would bless their day, bless their families, that you would bring... Um, um, just the bread of life, Lord, would be fed to them, and, and God, we're just here to uh, praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
sing together, Here We Are. Here we are, lifting our hands to
Amen. Every breath and every day that we move and walk and be in health is a, truly a gift from God. Even, you know, and God gives that gift even to people who hate him, who are atheists or who, you know, um, I was talking to a brother last night um, back in Michigan and he was talking about an experience that he went through um, and long story short, he had kind of given the enemy a foothold in his life um, with bitterness and things, and, and he got so depressed and down and out that he even physically would just get dizzy and just, and then he just realized how much that we take, um, you know, even even just our ability to, to be in health um, is only a gift from God. And... Um, Let's sing together, only a holy God. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else can make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and
was thinking when we were singing that song, how could I ever stand in the presence of a holy God? Like nothing that we can do, nothing that I could ever do. I, all I see is just my unworthiness. And it's only because of Jesus. It's through Jesus and his blood that we can even stand in his presence, that we can even call him Father. And what a what a miracle, what an absolute beautiful miracle that God has done in sending Jesus. And just so thankful for him, so thankful for the change that he makes in our lives. I had to think this week, and while singing that song too, it just is everything about me reflecting the holy God that I serve. Is that what people see when they look, when they see my life, when they see me, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, do they look at me and say, that man serves a holy God? Is that what they desire? I watched a movie this week that, I don't know, it, it really set me on edge a little bit. Um, and you guys all know I love missions and I love stuff like that. But watching this, The Insanity of God is the name of the movie. And Nate Johnson had told me a while ago that I have to look into this movie. Did you ever see it, Jason? And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I watched the trailer and it looked good. And I was going to watch it Thursday night and I didn't have signal where I was parked with the truck and ended up watching it Friday night, most of it by myself. And then I watched it again with the youth. But just the, the reality of a holy God, the reality of living in absolute persecution, absolute nothing. You have nothing. But the God is the only focus that you have. Steve, you should watch this movie. You would love it, by the way. This is totally up your alley. Um, but the reality of just seeing what God is doing. This guy that was uh, in or talking through this movie, this missionary, um, he was asking the Christians in Russia, this guy is like, why aren't you telling other people about this? Why aren't you showing this to the world? You know, why are you, why are you not writing books, movies, everything? This is like incredible stuff. And they just looked at him. And finally, the interpreter just kind of took him aside and said, hey, do you sit there and tell your son Take him aside and tell him about how the sun rose in the east today. He's like, no, I've never done that with my son. He said, exactly. To them, this is life. It happens every day. To die for Christ, to be persecuted, to, to live in prison, to live there for 20 years. And come out and be a testimony of what God's faithfulness is. That's life. I have to think, what is my life? Am I reflecting Christ in that way? I want to have that testimony. The, uh, one other thing I'll share from that movie that really impacted me. He went to China. He left Russia and he went to China. Talking, went 14 or 18 hours. Just somebody grabbed him in the market. I guess he was supposed to meet him there or whatever. And they just grabbed him and took him in a van. Just took him. 18 hours in this van. And they show up in this compound where there's an underground church starts talking and sharing, and they wanted to hear. And he had been a missionary in Somalia for seven, eight years, I think, lost his son there. And so they wanted to hear these Chinese Christians. 
how what's God what's God doing? Like do do people outside of China know about Jesus? And he was like, Yeah. And so he told him about the Somalians and about how they were losing everything to serve Christ. A whole generation wiped out because they believed in Christ. And he went to bed. He was so tired, he just went to bed. And he woke up the next morning, and this the whole compound was just I mean, it was a ruckus going on outside, and he was like, oh, no, the authorities came. They followed me. Now we're all getting, you know, we're all getting captured. This is the end. And, and he walks outside, and they're just weeping before the Lord on the ground and crying out to the Lord. And he was just like, what is going on? And, they, and his interpreter told him, he said, after what you shared about the Somalians, they're so excited to know that people outside of China know about Jesus. That they have taken, they have resolved to spend an hour, get up an hour earlier every day just to spend an hour in prayer for the Somalian Christians. Boy, I need some of that in my life. My soul involved in this world, in the stuff of this world, the things of this world that I can't give myself just a little bit more. We're not two churches. We're not the persecuted church, and we're not the free church. We're one church. We're one body of Christ. And the Bible tells us to pray as though bound with them. Boy, have I never neglected that in my heart and in my life, to pray as though bound with them, to understand their persecution. I'm not doing it. Thank you. 
us up to um, lay down our lives daily for for Christ and also um, for the sake of the gospel that we would not be silent, that we would have boldness to proclaim the good news um, wherever we go, all the people that God has brought into our life or does bring into our lives, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel just because we have freedom here, um, that we would use that freedom for his glory. Heavenly Father, I just come before you thankful, Lord, that you have given us resources, Lord, to encourage us, things and testimonies of other men. Lord, that the God, the Jesus of the New Testament, of Acts, of the disciples, it's still the same Jesus today. Lord, that you are performing miracles, that you are building your church, that you are raising up godly men full of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to do your work. Lord, not that we are qualified, but Lord, that you qualify us through your Holy Spirit and filling us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for our brothers and sisters, Lord, around this world, Lord, who are dying for you. We're losing sons and daughters and fathers and mothers, grandparents, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to give them heart, Lord, that they would be encouraged in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They would not in any way forsake what you have given them. Lord, that they would realize that they can kill the body, they can destroy it, they can hurt it, but they cannot take Jesus from them. Lord, that you are internal, that you live for eternity, and Lord, that they would be willing to give all for you. Lord, would we realize that here even now, Lord, would we be willing to give everything and all for you? Lord, that we would not look around us and desire the things of this world, but Lord, that we would say nothing compares to Jesus. Lord, fill us with a boldness to proclaim your name to others. Lord, we meet people every day in some way, whether it be on social media or whether it be in person, Lord, would we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell them about you. Lord, I know in my heart I want it to be that important, that I want it to be everything. Lord, would I tell others about you. Give us a boldness, Lord, for you. Lord, I pray that we would not in any way 
for the sake of this world, turn from you and being vocal about who you are. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We need you. We cannot do this on our own. This is not something we want to do on our own, but Lord, only because of you. And we ask for that from you. In Jesus' name. Man, let's all stand up and sing together. I will sing of my Redeemer. And you can actually uh, turn to hymn number, it's hymn number 513. And, um, and that way you see the echo part of the chor- on the chorus, it echoes. And so uh, for those of you who know that part, that'd be beautiful. Number 513.
the song service with that, and I'll turn the time over. You can be seated. Okay, the children come forward. No other girls. What? Well, then let's sing happy birthday. Okay, move out here. Stand right here. You're going to stand out here? Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Oops. Oh, my cord got me. I can reach you still. You're acting like John now. Come here. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, oh. Hold still. <laughs> I can't play the bass and sing. If you gotta, I gotta hold you. Oh. <laughs> All right, let him go. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday is what? The key one saying happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. has to use two hands. So my sister had to use two hands when she was two. She never could do this. She always did this. <laughs> Mine? Long ways away. We don't, we don't, I don't, I gave up on those. Yeah. They made me get older. Cast your burdens? Should get Anessa up here because we need another girl. <laughs> well, being that uh, being being that there's not as many kids up here this morning, why don't you all stand up and, and help help them out? Sing, cast your burdens. Who do we cast our burdens on? Jesus. That's right. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, higher. your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, 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 hig
You like that song? Yes. On the Lord's side. Leaning on the Lord's side? Okay. You say what? Then you get to fall on the ground? Okay. Okay, so... Okay, you think they can answer? You think you can sing loud enough to do it to where they answer? Gee. Okay, we're going to ask them the question. Tell me whose side are you leaning on? Tell me whose side are you leaning on? I lean, I lean, I lean. Tell me whose side are you jumping on? Tell me whose side are you jumping on? I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. I jump, I jump, I jump, I jump, I'm jumping on the Lord's side. Tell me whose side are you praying on? Tell me whose side are you praying on? I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I'm praying on the Lord's side. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, praying on the Lord's side. I got the joy, joy, joy down where? Ooh, okay. You're going to have to do a... You're going to have to do a really loud where to answer them. Okay, well, so we asked them the question. Are we, they're going to say where first, okay? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. In my heart, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I've got the down in the depths down in the depths and I'm so happy so very happy I've got the love of in my heart and I'm so happy so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart not bad for five of you huh father Steve Ali 
Steve, Steve, grab a lee while you're back there. That's Tyrone. <laughs> it's right in front of you, right here. That one, that one. Hmm. Ah, Steve, I wish you'd have never told the kids about this song again. Yeah. I, I wanted to leave it in my childhood. Oh. Well, they had the experience once in a great while, but I think they love it so much. Ah. That gives you extra Oh, right. Do you know this song, Ali? Oh. Hey, this is how we get Denzel up here. Oh, Denzel, you can't have your dad. You can't do any motions if he's holding you. Okay, Denzel, you're going to do all the motions? You got this? It's pretty easy. It's right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, chin up, turn around. Okay? All right. B, B. Father Abraham had many sons. Sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right on Father Abraham. That's like a find somebody new that didn't know that song. Okay, one more song. Jesus Loves Me, that's always a good song. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible The rest of you can sit down right there. Thank you. Who have we been learning about or who have we been reading about? Adoniram Judson. And where, Lexi, do you remember where he was a missionary? Hmm. Anybody else? Nope, not Mexico. Um, Burma. It's over by Thailand. It's now called Myanmar. Okay. Adoniram, Ad Judson, and Judson called to her husband. Kuchil says our supper is ready. Wearily, Adoniram Judson put away the manuscript he'd been working on. The Judsons had been in Burma for 13 years. The language was hard, and translating the Bible was slow work. Burma and England were at war, so the American missionaries worked quietly in their bamboo home on stilts. It was too dangerous to do mission work in public. Adoniram and Anne and their two Burmese foster daughters started to eat Coochie's tasty fish soup. Mm. Suddenly, the door burst open and several men rushed in. Mr. Judson, you are under arrest, said the city magistrate sternly. Tie him up. What is the charge, gasped Adoniram. As two men roughly tied his arms behind his back, the English are paying you. You are spies, accused the magistrate. No, no, cried Anne. Her frightened girls hid behind Kuchu's the cook. Our English friends simply cashed our mission checks from America. But in spite of Anne's pleas, Adoniram was dragged away and thrown into the dreaded death prison, along with several English prisoners, also thought to be spies. When Anne finally got permission to visit her husband, two days later, it was hard to be brave. At night, the prisoners' feet were tied to a pole that was lifted into the air so that only their shoulders touched the ground. Where is my man- manuscript? Adoniram asked hoarsely. I buried it beneath the house, Anne whispered back. That is the first place they will look. Anne thought, looked thoughtful. Don't worry. I have a plan. The next time Anne came to see her husband, she brought a pillow, a hard, lumpy pillow that no other prisoner would want to steal. A secret smile passed between them. For 11 months, Anne visited her husband in the death prison as often as she could. She brought baby Maria, born while her daddy was in prison, to see him. But one day when Anne arrived at the prison, it was empty. No one knew where the prisoners had been taken. As Adoniram was forced to march in chains to a new prison, he felt sick at heart. The guards had refused to let him take the precious pillow. They had thrown it into the garbage. Thirteen years of work translating the Bible in the trash. Finally, the king released Adoniram to help translate a peace treaty between England and Burma. Then he was allowed to go back to his family. 
Adoniram was happy to be home with his wife and child, but he was discouraged. Everything is lost, he moaned. We will have to start all over again. Anne just smiled. Gently, she placed a hard, lumpy pillow in Adoniram's hands. His mouth fell open. The manuscript was inside. A Burmese Christian had discovered the pillow on the garbage heap and brought it safely home. Now the Burmese people would have the word of God in their own language. So next time you're complaining about that lumpy pillow you sleep on, hmm, maybe check inside and see what's in there. It'll get rid of the lumpy pillow. Um, Perseverance is sticking to the task God has given you even when it means suffering. Romans 5 Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. So God is faithful, and even when it means his word is being, he has shown that through years and through centuries of how his word is preserved. All right, you guys can go back. morning to everyone. Uh, Glad for everyone that's here this morning. Good to be back with everybody. It seems like it's been a little while for me. So things like four out of five weeks has been gone. Anyway, uh, thanks for your praise team for what you've done this morning. I was very blessed and uh, the words in a lot of those songs just very, very, very powerful. And uh, just a reminder again of what, what a holy God that we really do serve. Um, so far as announcements, um, there's a game night, uh, the end of this week, uh, generally would have it be on the, the second, but it's going to be on the third at 630. So feel free to bring any snacks or anything, games. Um, as you see, July is barbecue month for Sunday lunch on burgers and hot dogs will be provided. I told uh, Katie she's a, a true Coloradan, I guess. <laughs> uh, kind of when I think of barbecue, I still have the southern blood in, down in my veins yet. So, uh, so yeah, just kind of coming from the Memphis, Tennessee area, which is an international barbecue fest in May. So kind of where I kind of got a kick out of the barbecue thing shortly after we moved here. Had a good friend of ours invited us over after church, and they want to come for a barbecue. Sure, great. I'm always up for that. I'm urging hot dogs. Fine. No problem. <laughs> Several months went by. Hey, you guys want to come over a barbecue? Sure. I'm urging hot dogs. I'm like, barbecue hot dogs. <laughs> so... My brain, I'm thinking barbecue chicken, pulled pork, you know, brisket. So, how to get this pretty straight? So, your grill is your barbecue. So, <laughs> so, hey, bring it all. We're Colorado. You might have a vegan barbecue or turkey barbecue. So, bring it all. We'll have a good time. So, 
the other one is the, uh, the registration is now open for a 21 youth retreat. I don't have really any information, so maybe get with Phil or Kerry. I'm not sure who's taking this on, but uh, feel free to uh, get with them in regards to the youth retreat. Um, any other announcements you might have? Or? Okay, if not, uh, why don't we bow just for a word of prayer yet before the message. Our Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God. Lord, that you are a holy, holy God, and we thank you so much for your son Jesus, what he's done for us on Calvary. Lord, I just pray you would be with Brother Phil right now. Would you bless him, anoint him with your Holy Spirit, give him word to speak, and I just pray for the rest of us that we can have the open hearts, ears, and our minds, Lord. Lord, we just want to apply this to our daily walk. And, Lord, we can always be that beacon for you where we're at and in this community. Lord, I just want to honor and glorify you and commit this service into your care. In Jesus' name, amen. You may turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter These clothes are a little dirty from use, but you'll get over that because you're going to join the work, and you'll get dirty too. This is not a symbol of religion, so I'm not dishonoring Christ by covering my head to you. This is just an illustration of truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. But, therefore, it says, when he, Christ, ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean? Except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also. He, Christ, who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors or shepherds and teachers. For... The construction material, the equipping of the saints 
So the moment you became a Christian, a child of God, a part of his family, God had a hard hat, a safety vest, perhaps even a few safety cones that he set out in front of you. Why don't you have any on? What would you do if Jesus met you this morning and said, here you go, son. Will you take it? Here you go, daughter. Will you take it? Will you? This week, right now, Jesus is standing in front of you, spiritually, giving you a hard hat, a safety vest, and all the tools you need to go and make disciples of all men. Will you take him? 90% of God's children say, no, thank you. I like to live in your house for the week. Hang out, drink coffee, eat good things from your word, sit around your table and enjoy the fellowship. 90%, statistically they say, of Christians have never once shared the gospel with another person. Have you? Or are you part of the 90%? That will not boldly put on a hard hat. The clothes of a workman in God's kingdom. And say, Lord, here am I. Send me. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of service. To the building up of the body of Christ. Christ, get this. Christ descended into the lower parts of the earth. Preached the gospel there. You can read about it in Matthew. How many of the saints arose after Christ. And he took them up with him home to glory. He preached in 1 Peter chapter 3, he tells us, to the lost souls who were destroyed in the flood, gave them the opportunity to believe in salvation through Jesus Christ alone and be saved, so that all men have the same story preached to them. Even the dead who died before Christ had the gospel preached to them. God is just. And he's not a respecter of persons, James tells us. There's no sin with God. And he did all of this. And then gave gifts to every one of his children. He gave you a unique gift to do the work of service. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. The good news of salvation. And more than that, to make a disciple out of that person. Every one of God's children who have been filled with the Holy Spirit had been filled with His Spirit for this purpose. For the work of the building up of other people. The construction of faith in the human heart. That's your calling of service. 
until we all, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the construction of faith in the human hearts. That's what Jesus is looking for. He said so. When I come back, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? That's what the devil is determined to destroy in your life and in the life of every human heart. Make them faithless today. Cause their faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he is who he said he is, and believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Cause that to decrease in their life today. So they will believe it less than they did yesterday. That's his goal. And the only, the only thing that stands in his way is you. That's right. You and me. You do not find in the Holy, in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit constructs faith. He gives gifts to men so that men build up faith in other men's hearts. And if you and I won't do it, God will raise up someone who will. He's looking for his children to be willing to get up out of Push the chair away from the table and say, Here am I, Lord. Send me today into my workplace, into my living place, into this community, into the gas station, into wherever I meet a soul as a construction worker. You know it's true. If I took this, these clothes, I don't have to say a word. I can walk down the street and set up my little cones, and people will let me in almost anywhere. I'm a construction worker. I could take these cones out here on this busy 10th street out here and set them up and be dressed like this, and every car that comes up to me would take the next road. They would obey me. i just, over there, over there. I don't have to say a word. My clothes give me away. They make a place for me, and people will obey. I'm making disciples of cars. The problem is, the reason we're not disciple makers, we won't be identified as such. Plain and simple. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God. How do you bring faith into a human heart? There's only one way. The knowledge of the Son of God. You share what you know about Him with them. And something happens. Faith. Romans 10 makes it absolutely clear. How does faith come? Through a preacher. How does faith come? By hearing the word. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10. 
the knowledge of the Son of God. And what happens? Men's hearts begin to mature. They grow up. They become strong. They become wise. They become useful. Maturity is what happens when a two-year-old becomes a ten-year-old. And a ten-year-old becomes a twenty-year-old. They become much more useful. A two-year-old only costs you money. You can love a two-year-old all your life with all the love you want, but they cannot make you any money. They cannot wash the dishes. They cannot put the dishes away. They cannot cook anything for you to eat. They are useless in the house and in their world. And all they do is want Give me bottle, give me food, give me toys, give me, give me, give me. And we love them because they're two, and it's okay. But when a 10-year-old has the attitude of a two-year-old, we say, no, that's not okay anymore. Any good parent would say, there's something seriously wrong with my kid. I've got to do something about that. I've got to train them. I've got to. They need to mature. And if a 20-year-old acts like a 10-year-old, we've got another problem. Because a 10-year-old still doesn't really take good care of himself and of others. But the maturity of a 20-year-old contrasted compared to a 10-year-old is that a 20-year-old is not only making a life for himself, he begins to make a life for others. And that's what God's looking for in every one of his children's lives. To a mature man, this is the measure. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, to be made like Jesus, that's the goal of the Holy Spirit's work in every one of God's children. Now, we often think about that as in our own inner man, like, you know, to have an attitude like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to, to have the peace of Jesus in my heart, to, but the part that we're blinded to is the outpouring of Jesus' life, the very essence, the person he was, and he came to be that very purpose, we miss because we're still two-year-olds who just like to live in God's house and get his toys. His gift becomes my toy. Has his gift of salvation Become your toy, your treasure, like maybe a Lego. My boys love Legos. Our boys love Legos. You know what they do with Legos? They spend time putting it together, and they put it on a shelf. Now, sometimes they play with it, not very often. They usually want another one. Hey, Dad, we walk in the shields. First place they go is to the Legos. Dad, Dad. Can we have a Lego? Dad, well, but that Lego's old. I think a lot of God's children 
are like that with his gifts. They're Legos. They want to put things together, and then they get old. But Christ didn't come to make Legos on the earth. He came to make disciples. And his last word was to you and I, go make disciples of all men, of all nations, for my name's sake. Would you like a hard hat and a safety vest? I got one for you, Jesus is saying this morning. And it's not building Legos in your living room. It's building faith, constructing faith in the hearts of men. That's your job today. Not tomorrow, today. You thought that was my job today? Wrong. It's our job today. I don't know why you came to this place, but Jesus brought you here to make disciples here. This is why he brought you here. But most Christians go to church not to make disciples, to eat at God's table and love the fellowship and be loved. Get a pat on the back and a good word of cheer. Lighten your load while traveling here. That's a good church life experience on a Sunday morning. Man, that was a good sermon. Oh, the music was wonderful. Really? What made it so wonderful? Did it equip you to make a disciple? If it didn't, then you have an attitude of a two-year-old about it. That's why 90% of God's people are not construction workers. No, thank you. Just give me a Lego, Lord. Give me a Lego I can put together today for a few hours. And then another one next Sunday. I'm all good. As a result, when this happens, instead of Lego happening, this is the result. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, by fads, by Things that happen to us in life, waves, you're out of your control. When you're on an ocean and a wave hits you, you're not in control, buddy. You know you're not. You may try to react to the wave, and, but you're not in control of the wave. Waves are things in life we can't control. And if we're two-year-olds, they toss us here and there. They toss us out of control. They spin our life out of control. Carried about by every wind of teaching. Some new thing. We're like the Greeks. Hey, I hear there's a guy up on Mars Hill and he's preaching something about someone we've never heard before. Maybe it's that God that we have an altar to that we don't even know his name. Let's go see what this new guy has to say. That's fun. That's exciting. There's an adrenaline rush in the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid a lot of God's children are adrenaline junkies. They live for the next new thing. Well, that's what children do. That's what two-year-olds do. But mature men who are mature in making disciples who are construction workers of faith 
men and women who are constructing faith in the hearts of their children, in the hearts of their neighbors, in the hearts of their co-workers, in the hearts of their communities, in the hearts of their co-parishioners. That's the goal of their life. That's what they're doing. They're not tossed about with every new wind of doctrine that comes their way. No, they're too busy for that. They're rooted and grounded in this one purpose. I am serving the living Christ. The goal of my life is a construction worker. That's what I've been hired on by the Lord Jesus Christ to do. And to do it well all the days of my life on the earth. This is how we do it. We're not carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Oh boy, you hear a lot of that, don't you? Warnings about men and their tricky schemes. And the world's full of them. In business, I got ripped off many times by tricky men. Well, at least a few times. Maybe I shouldn't use the word many. But I found something useful in business that has kept me from being tricked by tricky men. You know what that is? Anyone want to guess? Come on, men. Have you been tricked? Have you, how have you not been tricked? Hmm? No one been tricked? Hmm. You're all wiser than me. Maybe you just aren't sure what to say. Patience. That's how. You ever been talked into buying a new car? You ever been talked into buying a vacuum cleaner? Something else? Somebody talked you out of that money. Come on, surely. The best way. To deal with that is to say, I'll pray about that. You ever said that to a salesman? Boy, they don't like that much. That's the best way I've been saved from the, from the trickery of men. In the real world, in business, the Lord has said to me, you're done being tricked? Proclaim my name and obey me. Come ask me. Seek for heavenly wisdom. I'll pray about that. And almost every time, it opens a door into their heart where I become the construction worker to the salesman in constructing faith of the living God in their hearts. Not carried about anymore by every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love. Construction of truth in the human conscience. That's how you do it. You avoid being tricked. You speak truth in love. You don't just walk away and try not to be tricked. You speak truth in love. You construct faith and truth. And love in the human conscience. 
in the heart of a person who's trying to trick you. Oh boy. I know the terror of that. There's a lot of fear, human fear, that goes along with that. Our natural thing is, don't be tricked by that guy. He ripped me off. Whether he's a preacher or a car salesman or a vacuum cleaner salesman, whatever, we will never tell that person the truth. We'll go tell everybody else that he's a crook. And he's a trickery guy and slippery and don't listen to that preacher. But you'll never go talk to that preacher and speak the truth to him, will you? That's the difference. If we, as God's children in the church, would become construction workers and begin to speak the truth in love with everyone, even the tricky ones, we wouldn't be fooled and we wouldn't gossip either. We'd speak the truth in love. And that trickery one is saved, begins, has an opportunity to be shown that he has a need of the knowledge of mature growth in Christ Jesus and can be changed through you speaking the truth and love to him. And then we are all to grow up in all aspects. Everything is on the table on this one. There is nothing that isn't done this way in our life. All aspects of your life can change and be brought under subjection to Jesus Christ and be made a disciple of Jesus. Every area of our life, all aspects can be made into his image, the full mature image of Jesus this way. From whom the whole body, being fitted, not just this body, the whole worldwide body, like Carrie was talking about this morning, we can learn all from each other, speaking the truth in love to each other. And that's how we're fitted together instead of ripped apart. We're fitted together in the world. Held together. By that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That construction work, the building up of the whole body in the love of Christ is held together, is fitted together and held together like this. Oh, I tell you, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still growing in this area, but I am held together. I am being made to fit together with my dear brothers and sisters across the world because of this truth. On Friday night, every last Friday night of the month, there are numerous of us pastoring elders who, from across the world who get together on a Zoom call and we've gotten to know each other and we encourage each other and we bless each other and we share the word of God with each other and we pray with each other and we build each other up. And I'll tell you, I was so tired on Friday night. It's midnight here. 
And it's nine o'clock in Norway, and it's about six o'clock in Australia, and different time zones across the world for others. And I just, at, at like 10.30, I was so tired. I was just, I'm going to skip this. I'm just going to bed. I went to bed. I said, oh, Lord, you got to help me. I'm so tired. I was exhausted from my day. And the Lord helped me. He woke me up about 11 o'clock. Here you go, Phil. Hard hat, safety vest. Will you take it at midnight? It's not midnight over there. It's 9 o'clock Saturday morning, and your brothers need you. It's 6 o'clock Saturday evening, and your brothers need your encouragement. They need your prayers. They need your fellowship. Will you? Or will you be the 90%? Wow. I wonder what would happen in churches if every little local church, everyone who walks in the door would meet Jesus that way. Construction safety vest and a hard hat. And you would hear Jesus say, Brad, I've got something for you to do today. Welcome to my house. Would you like one? Every one of his children, from the least of them to the oldest. And we would walk around, begin to meet each other, and ask the Lord in our hearts, how can I help construct faith, build up faith in my brother and in my sister's life? And as we meet each other, how was your week? Isn't that how we greet each other? Yeah. My week was real, speaking the truth. This is how my week was. The Lord would put a word one of those words into your heart to share. And that word builds faith in the other's heart. And then we pray with each other. Oh boy, I'll never forget. It changed the whole trajectory of my life, brother, sister. I was a young 24-year-old man who was determined to discern whether these certain group of people were Christians or not, and I could have fellowship with them because I was supposed to vote on that in my home church. We're not sure they're Christians and can fellowship with them. And I remember wrestling with God, saying I've, I had only been married for a few months maybe. I can't make that judgment unless I go see. And I was warned by my local church, don't go there. You'll be deceived. They're all a bunch of deceivers. They cast out the devil by the prince of the devils, they said. They were casting out demons, by the way. Have you ever done that? There's a lot of demons and a lot of people in this world. Would you like the hat and the vest, by the way? Or are you scared of the devil? Maybe 
90% of God's children are scared of the devil. That's why they won't go do that. I was scared. But I went anyway. Because the Lord said, you must go. Or you, you'll be a hypocrite. You don't know what you're talking about. So I went. And this is what I was met with. I sat in the pew. Well, I guess the singing is okay. Sang out of the same books we did. But old hymns, that's good. First guy got up, shared a little word. Well, I was reading from the same English Bible, same translation. That's good. They got up and had a little children's thing like Carrie. Hmm, that's good. Teaching the children. Preacher got up, preached out of the Bible. Good stuff. Couldn't find any fault there. Amen. Service dismissed. I thought to myself, yeah, I think I'll vote yes. These guys are okay. I think they're Christians. As I turned around in the pew, met the stranger behind me. He said, hi, how are you? Well, I'm, I'm good. My name, what's your name? Phil Lapp, introduce me. Honey, how did the Lord save you? Uh, you mean how was my week? Or uh, you mean how's, how's the hay crop doing? How's business going for you? How's the economy? What? Say again, please, sir. How did the Lord save you? That's what was going on in my head. Now, I didn't say all those things, but in my head... Because in our church, I had never been asked that question. I was raised in the church. No one had ever turned around and said, Phil, how did the Lord save you? We turned around in church, and I'm not judging this. This is just the truth of my experience. I'm doing this to challenge you. Not, nobody had ever done that. We turned around and said, so, hey, how'd farming go? Or how's the pallet shop doing? How's business? Yeah, well, how politics? Oh, did you hear what President Bush Sr., you guys don't remember him, but, you know. Well, what about, did you hear what he's going to do to Saddam Hussein in the Gulf War? Yeah, man, we're, I think we're going to go to war. Boy, I don't know. I, I heard they're going to be starting to draft 18-year-olds, and there's going to be... This was back in the 90s. You remember those days, the early 90s? That's what we talked about after church. I didn't know what to say to this guy. Oh, I, I was raised in the church. Yeah, back, I think when I was 13, I gave my heart to Jesus one night in my bedroom, my parents' bedroom. I was baptized when I was like 16, joined the church. That's not what he wanted to hear. And he was loving. And he said, can I share my testimony with you? How Jesus saved me? And he did. And I remember inside, I was literally like shaking. After we were done, that all happened in like 15, 20 minutes. I don't remember the exact time. It wasn't a long, drawn-out thing. And I turned around. I was kind of thinking, this guy's a little radical and extreme. I'm going to go find my wife. Then I come out in the aisle, and the next guy meets me, and he's like, 
Hello there. How are you? I'm good. My name is... Can I tell you how I got born again? Yeah, uh, sure. Jesus saved my soul. And this happened with like three or four times that little church service at the end of the fellowship time. And by the way, we didn't stay till 3 o'clock and eat lunch together. That all happened like within 45 minutes or so. I walked out those doors and I was so scared. Somebody had invited us over to eat lunch at their house and I just was thinking, I just want to go home. I don't know if I'm even a Christian. I had come to judge. And I was judged in love. Not by them. By the Lord. I didn't have a hard hat or a safety vest on. I had some plain clothes on and my own self-righteousness. And these guys were all dressed with hard hats and safety vests. They were construction workers in the church looking to build up my faith. And it was. Guess who, what I voted when I went home to my other church. Those people are real Christians. They're real Christians. I don't know about me, but they're real. My church didn't like that too much. They said I had surely gotten deceived. And I did. I did by all of men's standards. My eyes were open. I'll tell you what happened to me. God explains himself. This in 1 Corinthians chapter. I'll read it to you. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter 14. Well, you can continue to all go through this. But in chapter 14, verse 20, the Holy Spirit says this to you and me Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Don't be babies. Don't be two-year-olds. The way you think. Yet in evil, be babes. But in your thinking, be mature. Verse 23. If therefore the whole church should assemble together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say you're mad? You're all speaking a language they don't understand. Lee could come up here and preach in Spanish to us, and I'd sit here and try to be nice and say amen, but I wouldn't even know what I'm saying amen to yet. Now, Lord willing, that'll change. But if all prophesy, listen to this in verse 24, but if all prophesy, and that word prophecy is defined in the earlier part of the chapter. Here's where it's defined in verse 3. But one who prophesies speaks to men for construction, for edification. That word is to build up. An exhortation, that means to encourage, to exhort. It's the word of a coach, to coach each other. And consolation, it simply means to comfort. Construct, coach, and comfort. One who prophesies does that. That's constructing faith. Making a disciple. Now, 
Going back again to verse 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. That's exactly what happened to me. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, made wide open. I went there to judge them. And the secrets of my heart, the faithless was revealed, disclosed. And so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. You want to join that crowd? Or do you want to join a club? You want to go and get a pat on the back? Good word of cheer? Someone will lighten your load while traveling near. Or would you like to come in and meet Jesus every morning as he wakes you up? And get a hard hat, a safety vest, and be equipped for that day to make disciples. Construct Faith towards God in the heart of the gas tenant stationed at the convenience store, Safeway, your neighbor, whoever you meet, you'll get the opportunity to speak that living word and it will construct faith towards God in the human heart. Jesus is offering it to every one of his children without respect or persons. And that's why he's given us the great gift of salvation. And that's also why he gave you and I the gift of speaking and praying. That's why he gave you gifts of discernment and every other gift that he has freely given to men when he ascended on high gave gifts to men for the construction of faith. And if you go through the scriptures, my dear brother, sister, you'll read this all throughout the scriptures. This call will come to you and me that we are to build each other up. That's our call. Thank you, Brother Phil, for that. Uh, definitely a challenge for myself. Uh, so many times I think here in America, so, so many times we just want to tell people how to do it, and we're not willing to put that hard hat on and that vest to get out there and do the actual work work. Many times, you know, we think we're sitting in our office and think we're telling the people how to do the job, but so many times we're not really willing to do the hands-on ourselves. So thank you so much for that. And I was kind of thinking along with that is uh, read Ephesians uh, chapter 6, 10 to 20 about the armor of God. And that, that, that uh, Ephesians 6 there kind of popped in my mind when you were bringing about the armor and your hard hat and everything. 
So um, anyway, thank you so much. Any any testimony or anything you'd like to share? Anybody? I mean, it was this whole thing. Everywhere we were talking about oh, God, God did this. But God did this. I'm looking at the devastation. I'm seeing the ashes, if you will. He's seeing the life. I just was so encouraged by this that, I mean, just God at work. And I, I say that encouraged He was encouraged in that. He still is. God was just at work. He's seeing all that. you were sharing that all of a sudden just kind of illustration popped in my mind is well it's a lot of times when you have a wildfire you have all this underbrush and everything you have all this debris and everything and it just kind of hit me you know like what God needs to come out come in and clean the house so sometimes we need to get rid of that debris and everything you know what get moisture out there it did very quickly you see new life popping up and so it just, yeah, it just kind of hit me when you were sharing that. So thank you. And he's, uh, he was Rose, and he proved Rose, as a matter of fact, the normal way. He said, cut it all the way to the ground. And I thought, what? You know, but the thing is, the next year, it bloomed, and it, it was more healthy, and I thought, wow. Yes, Father, we do lift up our dear sweet mom, and we we just pray, Father, that you would encourage her and strengthen her inner man. Lord, as you shared with us in Ephesians chapter 3, that she would be strengthened with all might by your Holy Spirit in her inner man. That she would be rooted and grounded in love, in the fact that you love her deeply. And your purpose for her, well, this is just a part of the plan. Oh, Lord, I pray. Oh, she doesn't understand. Though none of us understand how this is a part of that plan. You would strengthen her faith, her confidence that it is. And to reach out and trust in you with all her heart. Not lean to her own understanding. But in all of our ways to acknowledge you. That you are God in all your ways and they're perfect. 
And then you make our way perfect. So we pray, strengthen our faith today. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Anybody else? I have a burst to say to everyone, it's glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Thank you. Thank you for that. just being able to talk to him again about God and what an amazing God he is and uh, a couple verses came to mind and a couple songs we sang today were just so powerful for me. Philippians 2 verse 10 and 11 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. it matters here on earth if you confess that, but even if you don't here on this earth, and this is what I told him, I said, at one point of time, either here on this earth or after you die, you will confess that. You will have no choice. Anyway, so uh, it's just a, it's it's amazing for me as a as a, a believer where I am happy to confess that. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, and uh, how the difference it is from a believer to an unbeliever how uh, we, we are happy, we rejoice over that. And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, God is on his throne and he is in control of everything. So. One other quick illustration I just thought about with the uh, cones up here, right here. Uh, and if, when Phil was sharing about like road construction and all, you know, so many times we think about, you know, uh, like I was sharing is, we need to be our hands on doing dirty work. But so many times, you know, you have the guy that's out there holding that sign. And I'm like, I sure wouldn't want to be doing that job. But, you know, he's there for the safety of the one that's behind the cones. So it is a, a working together, you know. And it's a, it's a, a working together, you know, for, for the body of Christ, you know. Everybody has their own the ministry. Everybody has their gifts. So maybe this guy that is holding a sign doesn't have the capabilities or the knowledge of doing what needs to be done back here, but he is there to protect you as well. So anyway, uh, anybody else? So, if not, let's all rise. Uh, uh, anybody, everybody's welcome to stay for lunch. Um, so just cross the doors here. So feel free to be around. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you again, Lord, that you're an awesome God. We thank you for being in our midst this morning. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, each and every one of us 
be willing to put on that hard hat, that vest. And Lord, we can be together, um, um, be working together, constructing for your kingdom, Father. And Lord, yes, you have called us to, to be here and to be there. And Father, I just pray that you be upon each one that's here as we go from here, Lord, uh, as we depart from these doors. That, Lord, that you keep your angels around us and uh, your name will be honored and glorified. We thank you for the physical food that's been prepared. I just pray you bless the hand that have prepared it. Bless it to our bodies and the nourishment thereof. Father, would just um, be with us throughout this day. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.